impact. And I think Carla too, when we don't talk about it, it's not like it goes away. I mean, yes, we can, yeah. we can technically isolate and shut down this part of themselves. And the number of women who have talked to me on the phone and say, if I just never had to have sex again, I'd be so happy, you know? And I'm like, Oh Lord have mercy. You know, if you only knew how good this is for you. So yes, you can, you can in some ways turn off this part of your life, but more frequently, I find that people don't talk about it. And yet instead it becomes just this dark area of like shame and, you know, dirtiness and it, it like, it still exists, but it doesn't exist healthily because we're not letting it out into the sunshine and discussing it for what it is, you know, and both like, and not even to over-spiritualize or make it over-emotional or it's all about healing. Like this is also fun and it's orgasm and it's stimulating and it's, it's all of these things. It's like the animal and the spiritual and it's, it's beautiful. Now for something a little different. I'm success coach and serial entrepreneur, Carla White, and I'm on a mission to wake the shift out of you. Filled with honesty and humor, this show is designed to lower your stress, increase your income, build your relationships, and make your journey a lot more fun. Welcome to Radical Shift. That, my friend, was Jackie LaCroix, and this is a special gift to you, my Radical Shifters, for Valentine's Day. We're going to talk about sex, baby, because it is such a great and powerful thing, and it's the reason we're all here, okay? Let's just get to the ch- skip to the chase and talk about it and uh, really help some of you folks out. So whether you have a partner, you don't have a partner, whether you have sex all the time, or whether it's been decades, you are going to love this episode. And ladies, you're really going to love this episode. Dudes, guys, you be sure to listen in as well, because there's a lot of good tips for you as well. So uh, Jackie is a sex expert. She has helped many people. She is just amazing. And she makes talking about sex as easy as talking about the weather. So without further ado, let's be a fly on the wall with this conversation between Jackie and me. Uh, I'll tell you a little backstory. So I see Jackie at this mastermind, um, second time I saw her. And if you saw her, she's like, what, how tall are you? I'm six feet tall. And the girl <laughs> wears heels. Like she's not just like a little heel, a half inch heel. <laughs> she's like got that four inches. Four inches. Go in. Yes. Oh yeah. Girlfriend. All right. So she just oozes with like tower and power and all the, and, but not in an intimidating way, which is really cool. Right. Right. Cause some people are like, monster like Tony Robbins, <laughs> like, kind of scary, but you do it really well. So anyway, I meet you at this mastermind and you just like start sharing some gems and stuff. And uh, uh, we're going to get into that in a little bit because we're going to help some people. We're going to yeah. help a lot of people, Yep. whether you have a partner or not, just like yeah. really jam on relationships and really feel good in your body and stuff. So, which is yeah. important. But I want to get into you, your backstory. Like, how'd you, how did somebody get into this line of work? Yeah, absolutely. I think that probably everybody who does work like this is coming from a million different ways. But my story is I used to work at a church years and years and years ago, and I was helping run. I know, right? So like, how does that lead to then helping people with sex? It's a great question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I was helping in the young adults ministry. So for those who aren't aware, that's like 20s and 30s, both single and married people. And part of my job was to meet up with the young women and just grab coffee 
and listen to what they're going through, kind of get the, the behind the scenes of their life. What are their struggles? And I kept hearing similar things come up. They were struggling with dating. They were struggling with or in their marriage. They were struggling with intimacy, with body image, with understanding men and women and sex and all of these tough things that weren't being preached on at the church, you know? And so, of course, I was in a similar era of my life at that time. And I started looking for answers. And as I did the research, as I went to conferences and seminars and had mentors and all of these things, I realized we've been taught so many unhealthy stereotypes um, around our bodies, around sexuality, around our identity, around men and women and how they are. And um, it creates so much, I mean, pain and confusion on the mild end and destruction and like just awful relationships, really unhealthy and toxic situations sometimes on the dangerous end. So it really became a passion for me. And then from that, I began a life coaching business. And honestly, I was too scared to talk about sex for the first few years. So I taught on body image. I taught on weight loss and wellness, but behind the scenes, women were always asking me about sex. And so finally I launched something I call the O class and I just went all in. And now this is the primary way I help women. And it is such an honor. The O class. Oh, like, oh, yes. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Wow. What calling like, and mm. also good for you for like going there where a lot of people would have just said yeah. a little Thank bit you. awkward, right? Totally. Like, oh, why, why is it like money, sex, both yes. things we love, but yes. religion. I know it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, bonkers that it's awkward. So, okay. So you've been doing this for a while. You've been helping women with their, just mainly women or women and men? Mostly women, but it's interesting how men will kind of be on the fringes of the conversation. So either it's the, her husband or it's the guy she's dating, or it's, you know, it's a co-ed group that I'm talking to and there's guys in there. And again, my experiences there only confirmed that so many gender stereotypes are just stereotypes. And there's, there's a humanness. I mean, what a concept. There's a humanness to all people who want to be seen, who want to be known, who want to be accepted, who want to be held. You know, the relational foundations are the same for everybody. Yes, right? I yeah. mean, there's some outliers. Oh, for sure. <laughs> whatever, you know, like they, they, they just can't be held, but yeah, yeah. so true. I don't think we look at people and see that in them. Like this is somebody no. who actually just wants a cuddle, right? <laughs> just <laughs> wants to be held and listen to, right? I never think about that when I see, but it's true. Like you're, you're like at the core, but if you go into the hierarchy of needs, that's like yeah. the top one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Wow. And we just I think, know. you know, other things. So, and not only that, how it affects your health and every other aspect of your so much so. life. Like, do you feel like that, like want your clients make a shift in one area? It's like a domino. Absolutely. And it's not even just the actual practical effects of changing one part of your life as in like, you know, once you get your health locked on, then it expands others. It's also the self-belief that builds as you transform a part of your life. And then you recognize, oh my gosh, I can do this. You know what I mean? I've gotten my house organized or something. I can get my fitness back. I've gotten my fitness back. I can get my relationships on track. I've gotten my relationships on track. I can fix my finances. And it starts to build this realization that yes, I can transform this. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I am worth it. Yes, I have what it takes. And so it's not just that, okay, 
when she feels better in her body because she's finally taking care of herself well, she's more open sexually. It's also just a self-belief that she can do hard things. And it's incredible to watch. Ooh, I like that. I yeah. Like, yeah. Although like having sex isn't a hard thing, but being vulnerable. Oh, it can be my friend. It can be. The oh, stories really? that I hear and the things that I work through. Yeah. Sex is, we toss it around casually. I mean, so much sexual bravado in culture, but you know, that behind the scenes of people's intimate lives, there's health issues, there's medical issues, there's trauma, there's fear, there's shame, you know, there's a lot to yeah. sex. And it's one of the reasons I love to help people with it is because yes, having a great sex life is awesome, but it's also, there's so much hiding there. You know what I mean? How you really feel about your body is going to come out in sex, whether you feel um, safe being seen by another person, it's going to come out in sex. Some of, if you have like spiritual beliefs, that's going to come out in, in certainly long, prolonged relationship sex. So there's just so much hiding behind this act that seems so simple. Right. Oh, wow. So yeah, no, I flip it around something casual. So yeah, I was a minority. <laughs> it's fun to do that. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so let's talk about where people get started then. So let's say, you know, you are one of those people who, gosh, you've even been avoiding sex for years because you yeah. just, uh, for whatever reason, right. Yeah. There's probably a, magnitude of reasons. You probably hear the same ones, maybe over and over. I'm not sure, but how do they get out of that cycle? Because once you get in there, you're kind of like, Hey, I'm good. This doesn't matter. Mm, Totally. Yeah. It it becomes a very isolating cycle, right? Where it's like, we shut off a part of ourselves. I think, you know, I think one of the first easy steps, it's not necessarily easy, but it's simple, right? Is to stop thinking of sex as something that necessitates another person, (laughs) you know, under the act of sex, like, yes, it does. But, but first and foremost, you're a sexual being, you can be completely single, completely abstinent, you know, by choice or not. And, and you're still a sexual being you're here because of the act of sex. And you, you have, um, these kind of inherent parts of you, both physical and internal and emotional and longing that like, is part of a total sexual being. So I think sometimes when we've shut ourselves off from sex, not always. And like you said, there are so many reasons. And to answer your kind of question in there, they tend to boil down to the same reasons, but they're described in many different ways. So everybody's convinced that, oh, I've been through this thing that, you know, is too awful. No one else can understand. And it tends to boil down to the same core wounds that hold us back from this. But when we're setting ourselves off from sex, we're usually shutting ourselves off from other people. And again, this doesn't even require the act of sex. When I talk to people, whether they're actually sexually active and in a long-term partnership or not, they're, they can still be not open to sex, even if they're participating in the act. Okay. And you can be open to sex without even having sex. It's like, it's like a comfort with this side of yourself, with this part of life. And so it tends to be something that we shut down and protect. And it really doesn't have much to do with sex itself. It has to do with feeling like other people are dangerous to let get close to me. Mm. And because I know that my sexual side and opening that and inviting someone like a spouse or something into that makes me vulnerable to that. If I just shut down sexually, I'll be safe, right? Because sex is many things. It's excitement, it's release, it's pleasure, it's connection, it's all of the things. But at the very basis of great sex is safety, right? Otherwise it's traumatic. (laughs) Otherwise it's, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's consensual, but it's like, 
you want to feel like I am with this person and I'm safe here. And that feeling of being held, I mean, it takes us all the way back to like being children with our mothers and being nursed. We are totally safe in nursing. And if you've had children, it's a very, it's a very like sexual, sensual thing. This is, you know, it came from sex, of course. So like we want to be held and we want to be safe. And then on top of that, to build fantastic sex, we add excitement and pleasure and stimulation and, you know, the romance, all of that. But at the core of this, so when I find that people are shutting off sex and they may be telling themselves it's because I don't feel attractive enough. It's because, you know, I can't find anybody who I like. It's because, um, you know, my body is out of shape or whatever. There's usually beneath that reason, which may have fact to it, perhaps um, there's an element of shame, right? And shame being that sense that we don't measure up. We haven't met a standard. It's this kind of internal fear of, I won't be loved if I'm fully known, like if people really knew I wouldn't be loved. And if I'm not loved, I'm not safe. So it's this fear of not being safe that keeps us from opening. Mm -hmm. And even when you're single, if you want to call in someone who's able to be a partner to you, like that feeling of internal personal safety in your sexual self allows you to then be open to a person coming in because you're not continually closing off from love out of fear. Ooh, I love, okay, so many good nuggets. So first off, we're all here because of sex. I mean, like, Amen. that's something like, I just, let's just deal with it. Think about that every day, right? <laughs> oh, wouldn't be yep. here if it weren't for sex. Like none yep. of us would be. All right, so let's just get that out of the way because hey, <laughs> it's as natural as breathing. Absolutely. You know, it is, uh, but what's holding you back isn't so much the body or the past yeah. or whatever. It's that fear of getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like there's a fear of getting hurt, which has a theme or a flavor for different people. And so for some people, it may be, well, my body is too unattractive. No one would want this for some people as well. I was traumatized in the past. Someone misused me sexually. I'm never going to open up again where I fear. I feel my body shut down when I reach a certain level of intimacy with my partner because of that. So it's like, it's the same wound with a different twist based on our experience. Yeah. I usually call it like a different dragon. You slay like yeah, a dragon yeah. that you maybe yeah. slayed before just in a different <laughs> costume. So what do you do then? Like, what is somebody yeah. like, do they, do they address the fear or do they just like put themselves out there and realize, I mean, how do you mm-hmm. get, cause it seems like it's almost chicken and the egg thing, right? Is like, what, what do you do yeah. first? That's such a gorgeous question. Well, I would say, Yeah, there you go. Um, I think one thing I wouldn't recommend is just like throwing yourself into trying to find a partner, Mm. hoping that they'll heal you. Right. Because what a faster way, like, I don't, I can't think of a faster way to get into a toxic relationship. You know, there's, there's an energy of victim in that there's an energy of fear of scarcity of please love me. Please show me that I'm lovable. Please make me feel worth it. And people who have um, toxic tendencies, we'll just put it that way, look for those people. You know what I mean? It's like easy prey, easy take, someone who will tolerate abuse. Um, And so don't do that (laughs) for starters. It's like, just throw yourself out there hoping that someone will make you feel lovable. Yeah. Um, It has to be internal work first. 
which doesn't mean that there isn't an element of healing that can only happen when the rubber hits the road, quote unquote, and you're in bed with your spouse and you're, you're, there's like a level of healing that can be received from another person. But I think it has to begin yourself. So, you know, first, I think you have to kind of make the decision that this is something you want to reclaim. And I honestly think even before you can make that decision, there has to be a hope that it's possible, that it's worth it, because so many people have been told or have kind of picked up uh, unconsciously these beliefs that whatever their background may be, maybe sex is dirty, sex is wrong, sex isn't trustworthy, men aren't trustworthy, women aren't trustworthy, relationships aren't trustworthy. So there has to be first this vision of what if it could be good? Or what if it could just be a little bit better? Mm-hmm. What if what I've been told, what if what I've told myself isn't the end all be all, you know, all of these um, awful little platitudes that people pass around about, well, men are just like that. Well, women are just like that. What yeah. if that wasn't true? What if there's something better? What if I could dream again and imagine a beautiful union with myself and with another soul that is safe, that is healing, that is gorgeous, that's exciting, that's pleasurable. And without setting some kind of impossible standard and expectation that no one can meet, we just begin to hope again. Mm. And from having hope, we're able to then make a decision that I want to try this. I want to prioritize this. I want to reinvestigate this area of my life that I may have closed off, may have shut down, may have written off. Someone else may have written off for me. And I'm going to say, but that's mine. But that's mine. Because just like we're saying, you're here because of sex, you're sexual, even if you're not having sex. like but this is, this is for me. And so when you start to pull it in and reclaim it, then you get to, to look at what's going on inside of you without worrying if you're going to please anybody else without worrying about what anybody else is thinking, what anybody else has told you. And it just becomes easier if you kind of first pull into yourself and say, okay, I've been through this. I've been through that. I've been through whatever. I've seen this that's happened, et cetera, but I'm going to reclaim the beauty of the sexual side of myself again, don't even have to be having sex. And I'm just going to work through the thoughts and the fears and the traumas and the beliefs that come up. I'm not going to judge myself. So much self-compassion is necessary in this so much patience. And I'm going to wonder if maybe there is a better way. And from that perspective, then like, it's like the world opens and then we can do work. But when people come to me, they're usually right on the cusp of that place. It's like, they're ready to look at it. They have you know, terrible negative experiences or terrible negative uh, beliefs, but they have this hope Mm. that something else might be out there, might be better. It could be different. And that's where we begin. Ooh, I like it. So first they just, just get that dream back alive. Like realize you don't even have to know what it is, but just that there's something, something and it's natural to want it. Yeah. It's part of our DNA to have that be in your world. Yes. Right. And once you do that, then you get the desire to claim it again. And that's where you step in. And where do you take them? Yeah. So my work over the years is mostly focused on women Mm -hmm. who feel that sex is dirty. And I'm just slowly starting to figure out what it would look like to help men in this area as well. But mostly my work has been with women. And we start to rework those beliefs. So we kind of, we dig into what beliefs are there and are those beliefs even true? So I always honor wherever someone's coming from with their kind of spiritual practices or whatever their religious beliefs may be. But when I'm working with Christian women, as I have 
for years based on my work at the church, you know, their belief system around sex or around God or around, you know, what is true about life Mm -hmm. has a certain theology to it. And so what I like to do without, you know, imputing anything of mine on them is say, well, do the beliefs that we're uncovering that you have around sex even match what you say and claim you believe about God and the world and life? And usually not at all, not at all. There's a total disconnect between, you know, how can, and from a Christian perspective, how can God create sex, say it's very good. And yet we're over here saying it's dirty and wrong and I'm bad. And so then we have this, this chasm to kind of cross And so I, that's where I begin with anybody. What are your beliefs that you're kind of the deeper beliefs, the subconscious beliefs, the beliefs you don't even know that you actually hold, but that you're living out from versus your conscious beliefs. What matches what you claim you think is true about life or about God or about the universe or about whatever. And like, let's just first see if they align. And Mm -hmm. almost always, if there is a problem, they don't. Yeah. Yeah, because we make our decisions subconsciously seconds before we make them consciously. 100%. So and it's all those teeny tiny little micro decisions that lead yeah. you to the place. So let's talk about what, ha- like how long, I don't know, some success stories or like what happens after yeah. they get there, you know, what's yeah. life like yeah. after and how long, how long, like is it years of yeah. work or is it? Uh, no, fortunately. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that would be depressing. <laughs> so women stay with me four years and their yeah. lives evolve. So it's always cool when they come back and they've had another baby and now they have nursing hormones and their libido has gone. Oh, and it's sure. like, yeah, now what do I do? Um, but no, in general, like the, the switch can flip very quickly when you understand what is actually true. It's like, it's like the scales fall from your eyes. When you have the wake up call that what you've been living out doesn't even align with what you say you believe. And it's, it's it like, so the first thing that happens to people is their mind just does backflips as they recognize yeah. how out of alignment the beliefs they've had around themselves and around love and around sex from the kind of unconscious trauma or experiences or cultural upbringing doesn't match what they claim they believe and what they want to believe. And it's like their mind just does flips. And then from there, like right on the heels of that, I start teaching self-prioritization and pleasure, especially for women. So like we're, we're out of the idea and it usually doesn't heal overnight. This concept that sex is dirty or shameful or scary, or like, you know, that it's not safe to bring in beauty and emotions and vulnerability into something that is also pleasurable and stimulating and exciting. Like that combo can scare the heck out of people and they're comfortable with one or the other, but the the combination um, is like overwhelming. So then to teach them to prioritize pleasure starts to create essentially a reward system in what can sometimes for many people be a not so pleasant experience. I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, for many people and even for men, sometimes sex is like, there's some kind of issue there, whether it's a medical issue, a physical issue, an emotional issue. And the experience is not as awesome as we might like it to be. Right. And so it becomes like this thing to avoid. And maybe like part of what you're avoiding is that it is good for you. So you initiate, but it's not that great for your partner. And so you're constantly getting rejected. Mm. And so, you know, that becomes the negative thing to avoid. So, um, especially with women, I teach them to prioritize their own pleasure in sex, which for the kind of good girl stereotype that I usually work with, it's a terrifying prospect. You yeah, I mean? I'm, like, I'm thinking like dildos and sex toys. Doesn't have to involve that, but it can. That's like the conversation you have with your spouse. 
Um, but it's, it's more a mentality of like, this is no longer an obligation, something I have to push myself through to stay connected to my relationship. This is fun and it's fun for me and it's good for me. It's good for my health. It's good for my stress levels. It's good for my sleep. I mean, we really want to get into it. Like it's good for your skin. It's good for your moods. Like it's amazing what sex and orgasm does for your physical well-being. Right. And so, you know, to help women be like, this isn't just for him. This isn't a negative experience. This isn't something I have to like sacrifice because my partner wants right. it. This mm-hmm. is, is something I've already reclaimed over here. And then it's something I get to step in and have fun with myself, which is not necessarily an overnight process of discovering what that looks like for you and mastering it. But those mindset shifts, I mean, sometimes I think people throw people into sex with techniques for a different physical experience without having done any of the mindset work. Mm. And it, it, it either falls flat or it doesn't last, but a transformation around this is this empowered stance of having reclaimed it. And then we're going to jump in bed and have a great time for ourselves. Yes, and that combination that's... starts to just like, it just starts to change everything. Yeah. Cause if you're given the techniques and it ain't happening, boy, yeah. is that going to add salt to the wound? Right. hundred percent. You feel like, well, this will never work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Okay. I'm a hopeless case. That was bad. Wow. This is so cool. I'm so glad we decided to do this for Valentine's day. Okay. So, um, okay. So let me see if I can capture all this. Cause we went through so much, like really people are just like, I'm not really into sex or no, I I have my COVID pudge. I'm going to wait till I lose the weight, (laughs) whatever it is. But the truth is, look, you're holding yourself off from something that's is natural and it's almost as important as like drinking yes. water, maybe. I don't know. It, like, it can be. It I mean, high? yeah, it's funny that you said COVID because um, one of the things that happens during orgasm is you have a huge uptick in white blood cells release is your immunity is literally stronger. So like, I'm just saying, so, you know, you don't have to be sexually active necessarily to be actively healing this part of yourself if there's deep trauma there. But if you do have a spouse or a partner, like, yes, to recognize that this is it's something to prioritize for your health, even if on an emotional level, maybe your relationship isn't right where you want it to be right now, or your sexual competence isn't where it was in the past. Like it's something to get into with your spouse for other reasons than just like, oh, our relationship is perfect. And this is an extension of the most romantic day on earth. Like recognizing that this act has so many benefits and um, to prioritize it is only going to help you. And of course, improve your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Help you. I mean, we, I think we take for granted how much, how little time we have. And so we have like, this is one of the things that, well, and what I love most about this conversation and you, Jackie, is that you make talking about sex as easy as talking about the weather. Right. And (laughs) it should be, yeah, it should be, it should be like sex, money, all these things. It should be like talking about the weather, you make it easy and comfortable, which I think is a natural gift though, just for you, because I'm mm-hmm. telling you, I don't really have that gift. <laughs> <laughs> I'm noticing that most people don't, but they seem to be growing. So just hang out with me. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm going to hang out with you because I want to be talking about sex more because it's like a great thing. Like, I love how you phrase it. Like, that's why we're all here. Right. And yeah. that's your, yeah. And Thanks the other that. thing yeah. is, is like the ripple effect when you have not just sex, like, you know, like, come on, we can go out and we can get to the bar and get yeah. find a buddy. Right. right? Like, yeah. 
that's been done. But I think what you're focusing on is more of a nurturing experience that heals or not even heals you, brings out the best in you. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody, everybody can benefit from that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I wouldn't, don't settle for cold pizza sex. You know what I mean? Like there's so much more available in this act. And I think Carla too, when we don't talk about it, it's not like it goes away. I mean, yes, we can, we can technically isolate and shut down this part of the cells. And the number of women who have talked to me on the phone and say, if I just never had to have sex again, I'd be so happy, you know? And I'm like, Oh Lord have mercy. You know, if you only knew how good this is for you. So yes, you can, you can in some ways turn off this part of your life, but more frequently, I find that people don't talk about it. And yet instead it becomes just this dark area of like shame and, you know, dirtiness and it, it like, it still exists, but it doesn't exist healthily because we're not letting it out into the sunshine and discussing it for what it is, you know, and both like, and not even to over-spiritualize or make it over-emotional or it's all about healing. Like this is also fun and it's orgasm and it's stimulating and it's, it's all of these things. It's like the animal and the spiritual and it's, it's beautiful. Um, it's just what so about, much more after talking about it. How about women mm. not getting like, I know, like what, how do I mean? I'm not talking about myself, but like, I never <laughs> even get an orgasm. Like I don't even get a yeah. chance. Right. Like, yeah. mm. yes, no, that, now before. you're in my sweet spot. Yes. This is, this is my real work right here. Um, yeah. I mean, 60% of women will never have an orgasm. <gasps> I know it's horrific in my opinion, in my opinion, because just oh. like, Play that out. Let's just say, what if sixty percent of the men never had orgasms? Right? Yeah, that, that, that doesn't. It, that's not a right? thing. Right? Not <laughs> None a thing. of us would be here. <laughs> like orgasm is not negotiable for the male. Not to say that there aren't health issues and there aren't times in life that's difficult, etc. But right. stereotypically, right? But if you yeah. play that statistic out, right? So, so sex being this beautiful act, it's building, and then ideally there's this climax. Now imagine like you never climax. You know, I call it like cycling a yawn, and it's like you know, it just, you don't have the release that has been building. And so you can imagine kind of how women are just like grumpy and irritable around sex. If you never had a climax, you would be too. But it also creates this, this idea of sex as an act as something that's for him because he's enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And again, these are stereotypes, right? There's so many different couples where, you know, Mm -hmm. it's different for sure. These are stereotypes, but there, there is a lot of truth to them. And this is the reality for many, many couples. Um, And so it becomes to her this chore where it's like she has to get sweaty and waste 45 minutes. And then he's, you know, very happy. He rolls over, falls asleep and she gets up and does the chores, you know? And it's like, what was that? And so of course she wants to avoid it. So then he feels rejected. So then he doesn't initiate. So she feels like she's unattractive. You know, it's like, it's this spiral and that's in marriage outside of marriage. And I'm not talking about sex, but just this idea that sex is not for women it becomes this manipulation tool. And then young girls grow up thinking, well, sex is something I use to get the guy because it's not for me. Cause it's not like we orgasm or have fun. Like this act is for him. And it like, it just creates the toxic culture that we have around sex in so many ways. It creates so many dangerous situations, so many unhealthy relationships, so many untrue truths about ourselves and about men and women and about intimacy. It's awful. So to me, that's why the focus of my work is teaching women how to make orgasm non-negotiable first by making the decision that it is a must and then actually learning how both from the mindset and rewiring old beliefs and learning the techniques that make it almost inevitable. Ooh, very cool. Yeah. It's very, she always comes out 
absolutely having a release hundred percent and then to yeah. do it together I mean like that's the a whole men enjoy her having the release no kidding because what guy isn't gonna feel like look what I just did when the woman is like having the time of her life now she may have participated in that a lot which I think is an area women have to grow and we give up our sexual power by saying all right I'm gonna have sex with him I hope he does a good job you know, like right. he's not making us responsible for his pleasure. And yet we're handing ours over on a platter to him, hoping that he comes through. So it's an empowered state to go into sex, prioritizing your pleasure, taking responsibility for your pleasure. And then yes, he feels like a stud. So it's like, it's wins for everyone. I know, but that's so, the reaction people so have. So good because like, okay, so many good nuggets. I got to re- <laughs> repeat. One woman handing over their pleasure to the men, but the men don't do it. Like women are out there giving the BJs, stimulating, do all the things. Yeah. And they're expecting the man to do the same thing. But, you know, I don't see men pleasuring themselves to get them. During sex? Yeah. Yeah, usually they don't need to. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's so easy. (laughs) But our our system is more complex. And I think when we hear... But when we hear more complex, we think of like, like shucks, you know, like they're going to have better sex. They're designed for sex. And one of the things I teach almost immediately in the O class, which is why the first module women are just like blown away is that, um, the female anatomy is, has a lot more similarities to the male anatomy and put it that way, but it's all internal. And so, um, we have the capacity for often larger orgasms for multiple orgasms for like back to back to back, like our sexual system, in my opinion, is almost superior, but it is more complex. And so, um, you have to know what you're doing down there and yes. to count on the For guy orgasms, orgasms 2.0, they're 1.0. <laughs> exactly. But to count on him to understand you, you know what I mean? Like, why would you do that to either one of you? You know? Right. Um, right. Oh, I can see why people are minds are blown. Cause it's like freedom freedom, you know, it's freedom and from health and life. And like, you know, it's something that we just, we open to the possibilities here by understanding how we were actually designed and then taking responsibility for healing it and enjoying it. It's like everything explodes. It's just like, I mean, like the image in my mind right now is just flowers, like popping up everywhere, you know, like life comes forth when we embrace how this was even supposed to be. Yeah. Oh, so good. So, I mean, I think right there where you were going back to, you got to dream it, like want it and desire it again. What you explained, I feel like unlocked. I I feel like some people were like, okay, now I feel like I can desire it because I see how I can do it. I I can see how, like, I thought the desire came from somebody else and finding somebody else. Yes. Which keeps me locked in that perpetual, yes. you got to heal totally. me. You got to, sp- yeah. Ah, yep. so good. And there's, you know, there's people working on that. You know, there uh, admittedly, a lot of people working on, they don't want to hand over their power to other people yeah. for their yeah. mental health oh, or yeah. for their happiness or whatever. Like they need, Correct. you know, they need to own that, which is cool. Oh my gosh, Jackie, this is so, so good. Now I know you like, ha- like you teach a masterclass on this or what do you, like I do. we're just touching the <laughs> iceberg. I feel like we could talk for four yeah, hours. Yeah, quite literally. And if you only knew the analogy that that was, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just 
Absolutely. Oh my God. Absolutely. Um, yes. So I teach a masterclass that's oriented toward kind of the good girl type of woman at a a site that's the bedroombombshell.com bedroombombshell.com bedroom and um i lead them through five shifts so we've only done one or two here and your mind will be blown it is oriented toward women who grew up in a religious environment a church culture um and then what i'm working on next is helping people embrace this kind of personal responsibility sexual empowerment stance not exclusively from a Christian worldview. So mm. if that is more of interest, then make sure you're following me on my Instagram account, which is Jackie LaCroix official. Yeah. And it's coming. It's in the works. I'm very excited. And also for the single ladies to learn to romance yourself and to learn to love on yourself in order to open and be available to identify a healthy relationship and not get into these toxic cycles we've been talking about. So all of that is coming, but yes, bedroombombshell.com right now is my baby. And that is where I blow up some of these sexual myths, especially around church culture. Cause this is necessary to, shift, it's huge. you know, like breaking more of these glass ceilings and everything yeah. else. Like this is yeah, and breaking the generational cycles, honestly, Carla, like the number of women who told me, well, my mom didn't tell me about sex. And so yeah. I got into these toxic yeah. relationships where I was raped or I was abused. And it's like, we stop it here. We stop you it here. read my mind. So how do we do, yeah. what do we say? Like those who are listening, who have a daughter or a son, you know, yes. like how do you, how do you, how do you raise a gentleman or how do you raise mm-hmm. a uh, woman uh, to, yeah. to, uh, what's your advice? Like, yeah, such a good question. So what I normally say is first, you need to look internally at what is your relationship with sex. If there is an attitude of guilt or of shame or of dirtiness or of anger or of resentment, that energy is going to come through any conversation you have with your child. And what they're going to pick up on is it's not safe to go ask mom or to go ask dad about sex because they shut down, they get mad, they redirect, they blame me, they start grilling me, whatever it is, you've got to look at what's going on inside you so that your energy around sex is more open, more healed. You don't have to be perfect by any means, but just start looking at that, right? And then secondly, from that place of greater health to just foster an environment of healthiness around sex. I mean, God bless my mother, but like she was tremendously healthy and open about sex. And I knew I could have conversations with her. So just having the environment in the home where you don't necessarily have to be having the talk if your kids aren't old enough yet, or if you aren't ready, but just like, if a sexual joke comes up between you and your spouse, you laugh about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If he like smacks you on the behind as he walks by, you let him and you laugh about it. You turn, you know, like it creates this environment of sex is okay here. It's safe to talk about sex here. And then when your kids have questions, they come to you instead of thinking, mom's going to bite my head off if I ask her this. So I'm going to go ask my friends. I'm going to go look on the internet. I'm going to go get answers elsewhere. Um, that's what you do. You create a healthy sexual environment in your home. I love that. I love that because no talk makes it seem shameful. Yeah. And they're going to go look, I mean, they're going to figure it out somehow. Well, I guess (laughs) they don't even have to look. It's going to look right. It's there. Yeah, It's there. It's a lot more accessible than when we were kids. So, uh, yeah. They're learning already at Young Absolutely. So this has been such a pleasure. Oh my gosh. I think uh, we'll have to do a round two. I think so too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. But what a great Valentine's treat to like get back into yourself, right? Yeah. Like it's here. Yeah. It's here. And it is. That's like the one takeaway I would give anybody because the beauty of Valentine's Day and, you know, 
it is, it's like, it's like the highlighter on our relational status or situation, right? Each year. And you're either ecstatic or you're like really frustrated, you know, or mad at whatever you are, but you can't control other people. You can't, you can't control your spouse, your partner, your husband, your wife. You can't control the fact that there isn't someone currently in your life, but you can always return home to yourself. And I think we've, we've been taught that, like you're saying, people are learning to reclaim their personal power on their happiness, et cetera. But what if you could do that with your sexuality too? Yeah. And this was an area that you could internally heal, that you could revisit, that you could look at, that you could work through the wounding around so that in the relationship you're in or the relationship you want to have in the future, there's nothing but health and joy because you've done the work already. This is, this is your birthright. It's not for anybody else. It's not because of anybody else. Take it back. Your birthright. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. And you know, there's so many beautiful people out in the world. Don't let one bad apple oh, yeah. steal you from all the others. It's like 8 billion. I mean, like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. There's good souls. Thank you so much. Now you guys go check out bedroombombshell.com and I'm sure yep. I'll have you back. Yep. Thank you, Jackie. Awesome. Thank you, Carla. so much for listening. Now, if you want to create a radical shift in your life, all you have to do is head over to thegratitudeapp.com and that will take you directly to the app store where you can download it and start using the gratitude app today. Now, if you're the type of person who loves to help out family and friends, be sure to share this episode. And if you ever want to reach out to me, just head on over to Instagram at Hey Carla White. I'd love to hear from you and hear your comments. Until then, keep being limitless, keep being adventurous, and keep creating radical shifts. If you're a coach, author, course creator, or host of any kind, listen up. Hero is the brand new way to increase your course consumption with private, piracy-proof podcasts. Give your customers the freedom to learn without sacrificing their productivity. Hero seamlessly interacts with all the major podcast platforms and apps, meaning less headaches and more listeners. Hero has a full suite of features, allowing creators like you to take control of their content. Get started with Hero for just $1 at Hero.fm.